All right, we're live. We're doing this thing. Here we are. Welcome to the very first episode, the inaugural episode of Chargers Powder Hour. I am your co-host, one of your co-hosts. My name is Colin. Alongside me, I have my other co-host. My name is Miles. Obviously, you're the (laughs) co-host. And uh, yeah, we're excited to be here. Um, Like I said, the very first episode um, this is a brand new podcast, brand new LA Chargers podcast, all about the team news, the storylines, guest interviews will be had as well, and uh, we're here to talk about all things Chargers while also having a drink. So we have some beers. Uh, what are you drinking? Uh, today, uh, shout out to the random section here at Hy-Vee, here at our local Hy-Vee. I'm drinking a Oberon Ale, American Wheat Ale. Never really had it before, but I'm I'm taking a liking to it. So nice, big fan. Yeah, I have I have had the Oberon Wheat Ale before, and it is delicious. It's very good. And what are you drinking over there? I have the uh, three twelve lemonade shandy, the Goose Island beer. So. It is also very delicious. Um, we are actually recording this uh, from the great state of Nebraska. We are Midwesterns, Midwesterners, I should say, um, both born and raised in Nebraska. And so it is the time of year where, you know, the sun is starting to kind of come out, not as uh, gloomy and, and dumpy out. So um, the lemonade shandy is, is hitting good definitely good weather for it windy as usual but definitely good weather for it uh go big red so (laughs) that's right that's right um yeah so we're gonna do some icebreakers to kind of get us kicked off um you know we're super excited to get to know you know more of the powder blue community as we uh you know continue this podcast and um you know really this this passion project of ours which you know we we really kind of got started back at the end of january i want to say beginning of February and uh you know now we're finally here um you know recording the first episode and uh you know just bear with us uh for these first few episodes Bolt fam um you know we're brand new to this but I promise you uh the passion is there and uh we're gonna do our best to to keep you guys entertained yeah we're not we're not really used to uh having too many Chargers fans around so this is gonna be a great opportunity for us to you know talk some Chargers football Chiefs League, we're just surrounded by Chiefs and Broncos fans, unfortunately, but uh, we're excited to kind of get to know you guys and uh, give you guys some great content. 100%. So to get us kicked off here, we got a few icebreakers. Um, you know, we're going to we're gonna kind of talk a little bit more about you know, how, how we became fans, you know, some of our uh, favorite fan experiences um, as Chargers fans, and, uh, you know, who is our favorite Charger of all time? Um and uh, I'm really excited to, to hear your answer because I already know mine. Yeah, for sure. So we start we start with that one off. So uh, I'd have to say uh, definitely my favorite Chargers fan of all time. Just kind of the guy I really looked up to. Um, I've met him twice. He's a really stand-up dude growing up. Um, pretty much everybody. He's on top of everybody's list. Should be towards the top. Uh, it's got to be Philly Riv all time. I mean... Ooh, solid pick. He did. He had some. He had some late game blunders here and there, but he definitely, he definitely could clutch up when it mattered. And I mean, that's just that's the dude I grew up watching. Kids nowadays gonna grow up watching Jay Herb, but uh, I grew up with Philly, and I've met him twice, like I mentioned before, and 
uh, really nice to his fans, and just a great dude overall. Wait, so you met, you've met him twice. Take us through that, because for most people, I mean, one, you, you're a Chargers fan growing up in the Midwest, so the opportunities that you would have had to, to run into him are already slim. How did you run into him, and how did you run into him twice? So, um, actually, being so close to Kansas City that we are, it's about a three-hour drive from here. Um, my very first Chargers game I went to was Halloween night in Kansas City. I believe it was back in 2008. And uh, my parents had gotten a hint as to the hotel in which the players stayed in. And we were just walking around. Sure enough, we spotted him from a distance. And um, I was wearing seven jerseys at the time. All my Chargers jerseys. And I had like an Antonio Gates, Vincent Jackson, Darren Sproles. And uh, he was the very last one I was wearing. So I'm sitting in the hallway just stripping off jerseys until I could get to his. And they met him. Super cool dude. The picture I have is when I was like an eight, nine-year-old. And uh, the whole thing's blurry because my mom's hand was shaking. And uh, sure enough, I met him again in that same hotel um, just back a few, back a few years ago, I think it was the second year, second to last year. And again, stopped for a picture. Super cool dude. Wait, so was it the team hotel or like, was it, was that where you guys were staying as well? Yeah. Um, it was a team hotel, um, down in crown city in Kansas city. Um, that same day I met Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, Derwin James, Drew Tranquil, a bunch of dudes, all super cool guys. Dude, that's the way to do it. I mean, like fan fest are great and all, but like. You know, you can skip the lines. You can, you know, like have, you know, maybe even like a more personal moment with, uh, yeah, some of the players. That's that's awesome. I've uh, I've never had that experience. So we need to travel together more. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. It sounds like you know, especially if they're going to Kansas City. It sounds like you know the spots for that for sure. So Philip Rivers, favorite Charger of all time. Oh yeah, for sure. It's got to be. Yeah, uh, he's up there for me. I would say. Growing up in the era of Chargers football, I watched. He's definitely you can't not have him in the top top two for sure. Uh, but the other one I think is, you know, probably pretty prominent on other people's list. Um, he was the Charger I watched actually before, um, you know, Philip Rivers was never took a snap, and that's that's LT. You know, I, I my first Chargers game I want to say was maybe oh five. I think it was oh five, and it was at Qualcomm against the Chiefs and Chargers ended up getting the win twenty eight to twenty and LT threw one of his I think he only threw like sixteen or seventeen of in his career through one of his touchdown passes on that day. So I got to witness it. Uh I believe it was to Eric Parker. Um yeah. So that that was just like that left an imprint on me. I'm like, damn this this is the 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 baddest dude <laughs> he's throwing for touchdowns he's running for touchdowns and he had the visor like man that was as a kid growing up that that was everything yeah i i definitely wish that he was still playing nowadays now i'm big into fantasy football when it comes around he for sure would have been my first dude off the board i just i see these fantasy football stats and he was just absolutely absurd unfortunately i was a fan only towards the end of his career as a charger i remember when he got traded as a jet but uh or when the jets picked him up but uh Unfortunately, I wish I could have watched him back in his prime, but I mean, Colin's a few years older than I am, so he remembers those days a lot better than I do. Yeah. Yep. I. Uh, I mean, God, don't make me sound old, Jesus. Well, not not too <laughs> old, not too old, just a little older. Uh, yeah. No, like my first. So yeah, first game was '05. I didn't. I, mean, I guess my uh, you know first season really watching was the, the season prior. So the '04 season would have been, you know, my entrance to really being a, a diehard Chargers fan. Um, 
So okay, we got Philip Rivers and Ladanian Tomlinson. Um, those are two solid picks. I, uh, yeah, I, you can't go wrong with either of those. How about your favorite current Charger? Since we both chose dudes that are no longer in the league, who is your favorite current Charger? Uh, I would probably say I'm probably gonna have to go Derwin James. I think, uh, yeah, just the dude that he is off the field, um, and just the dog that he is on it. I mean, yeah, I, how how can you not? I, and he's I mean he's a franchise guy. You know, there's very few guys in the league that you know you just know like barring any, and we'll we'll, we'll get around to this eventually here on the podcast. Barring any crazy uh, contracts, uh, mishaps, you know, or, you know, God help us if another Melvin Gordon situation unfolds, which I, I highly doubt. But, I mean, he's a guy that you just expect to be here for, for his entire career. Yeah, I, I love that answer. I would I would also go with him, but just to keep it fresh, I'll, I'll go with our undisputed leader, uh, Justin Herbert. Obviously, I just love watching that dude throw a football, and just the things that that dude can do with his arm talent is just – insane insane yeah no i mean i remember watching did you watch the the first game he started yeah against the chiefs i was here uh i was in my living room watching it and it took me a series or two to kind of like recognize what i was watching <laughs> you know it was like the first series just kind of happened so quick and um they came down and got a field goal yeah i believe they got no he ran it in that's right he ran it in yeah. on that scramble to the right side that's right yeah he did um and then that, I mean, that happened so quick. And then it wasn't until the, the, the throw to Guyton. Oh, yeah. His first Back pass, of the end zone. passing session. I was like, hold on. <laughs> hold on. And then, obviously, the rest of the game, I mean, everyone else got to see, you know, in, in the rest of his rookie season, just how un- insane he was. But, yeah, he's, man, he's he's like, they're, they're 1A and 1B in my book. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I, my thing I remember most about that game is I remember where I was. I was actually driving to go watch the game. I was running a few minutes late, and I'm checking my ESPN app, just seeing what's going on, and I see Justin Herbert throws a completion to, I don't remember who it was, but I was like, what the hell is this dude doing in the game? Like, this was when Tyrod was obviously our starter. I'm like, well, shit, here we go. A new era, char- new era of Chargers football is underway, so... It's just super exciting stuff that we've seen from him his first two years. And how blessed are we to go from Philip Rivers to Justin no kidding. Herbert? Holy shit. I mean, insane. I mean, you think about some of the, the franchises out there that are still in quarterback limbo. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been fun to watch, man. I, I, I'm so excited to watch him, you know, uh, this upcoming season. I think this has to be, you know, his best season to date. I mean, he's only getting better. Exactly. Now, now, well, we're going to touch on those offseason moves here in a bit, but now that we're kind of getting them some pieces on the other side of the ball and we're only going to get them some more help on that line, it's it's going to be crazy to see what that dude can do. 100%. So next uh, icebreaker we got here, um, we got favorite charger of all time. What's your favorite – what has been your favorite fan experience um, since you've been a, a Chargers fan? See, I got two of those. I've actually got more than two of them, but I'll just stick with two of them. Um, as I touched on earlier, the day that I met Philip Rivers just a few years back, not the first time, was in the hotel in Kansas City. And later that night was the infamous Thursday night game against the Chiefs in which uh, Mike Williams kind of had his first, I don't want to say breakout game, but that's the first game where he really just went absolutely nuts. He had those three touchdowns, caught the two-point conversion to win 29-28. Um, our seats were seven rows right above where he caught that two-point conversion and 
if you've ever caught a game at Arrowhead, you know that those fans are wild, especially at a night game. I mean, everyone's plastered off their ass, and that place shut up really quick. And it was, I almost got several beers thrown at me, and I was just, I was a high schooler at that point. So, I mean, just kind of watching those fans go through that, I mean, it was just, it was bittersweet. I'd have to go with that one, or unfortunately this one, Ended in a loss, but just still an amazing experience was the game in Las Vegas this past year, the infamous uh, Brandon Staley timeout situation, the infamous Justin Herbert overtime game. I mean, just an absolute insane experience to be there. Um, Again, got those tickets as a Christmas gift, flew out a few days later, and just an absolutely insane game to be a part of. Wait, so you didn't even know you were going until like a couple days out? No, we didn't know we were going until... Christmas, so December 25th, and we flew out, I think, a week later, and next thing you know, oh, damn. we're there in Vegas at the game, in the black hole, well, the new black hole, there's nothing like the old black hole, but just absolutely insane experience, and one of the best football games I've ever watched. Too bad it wasn't a win, but still just an amazing experience. Yeah, I was uh, I was spilling beer on my couch, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I wish it could have ended up a little bit better, but yeah, what I mean, I can only imagine, I mean, there's... If if you've ever just experienced a, a sporting event where like tensions are that high and the stakes are that high, I mean, a lot of us go to like, you know, maybe an MLB or an NFL game here or there, regular season. Um, but man, there's nothing like playoffs on the line, oh, season on the line. Uh, that's really where you know that that raw emotion. And it <laughs> comes was out. it was last regular regular season game of the year and just i mean we're chargers fans we're in raiders territory but actually shout out to the few raiders fans the people we were sitting around were super nice they actually bought me a few beers so shout out to them oh, if hey, you're that's... listening so yeah shout out to those specific raiders fans shout out to no one else yeah no raiders other raiders nation. fans just them thanks for the beer uh okay so i would probably say my favorite experience um and you you were actually there for this was the uh the uh thanksgiving day game yep in 2017 yep we drove down there together and what a game that was insane um i've been easily over you know 10 or double digit games in my life um and uh that that was easily number one i mean the 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 atmosphere i mean it was my first time to, to to jerry world to you know just the thanksgiving day you know vibe you know I mean, there's like nothing historic. I mean, there's nothing more, you know, historic and like football. I don't know. I mean, Thanksgiving Day is pretty insane. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I mean, it was just a cool place to be. Uh, the first game I've been to where there was actually an actually a halftime show, which was just kind of crazy to me. <laughs> I who, who was the halftime show? Uh, Thomas Rhett. Yep, that's right. And I didn't watch a single lick of it. Yeah, no, I. We don't really. We are from Nebraska, <laughs> but you know that's not really our that's not really our go to genre. I mean, I like Thomas Rhett. Uh, I was just I remember um, I was newly twenty one. I mean, I was I think I was yeah I had just turned twenty one that year, so you know I was with my dad and we were get kind of bar hopping. Um, Jerry World has some like nice nice bars. Oh, and it was like they had a whole club going on, a whole concert outside basically, Dude, they, and they have clubs like you walking around the concourse. Like I'm sure. I mean, I've I've been to SoFi, um, and it's incredible, and I, I haven't been to you know some of these new stadiums are just insane, um, but yeah, you walk around, it's like there's like, I mean, each bar is almost like its own club, 
um, which is really cool, but uh, very expensive. Yeah, for sure. I just I remember that game. I remember. I'm pretty sure it's Jeff Heath, the safety for the Cowboys. I think his ankles are still on that field from where <laughs> Keenan Allen took them. And then you had the Desmond King 90 yard pick six, and that play shut up quickly. Yeah. No. The I can't remember what I went crazier over. Either the Keenan Allen uh, to the house play or the Desmond King pick six. I would probably say the King pick six because. At that point, like, I, I was in another universe. My soul left my body. Like, it went through the, the roof of Jerry World. And, yeah, I mean, I, what what a game. That was, I mean, Phil went for, like, 400. Oh, he went absolutely crazy. And I remember I, I had Keenan on my fantasy team that day, too. Just great way to start the week for me fantasy-wise. But just absolutely crazy game. And I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll leave it at this. The I'd say the main reason why that was my favorite fan experience is because if you've ever if you've ever traveled to a Chargers game, and, and you know what I'm talking about when, you know the trip the trips are always amazing. They always go by, you know, really well. And the only thing that can potentially ruin it is a loss. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so just getting there and and the way they controlled the game from the start, it was just awesome to uh, talk shit to Cowboys fans the whole game and basically not have any repercussions because we were just you know kicking their shit we just it was just pretty much a massacre from the start and i mean you know cowboys fans are known as some of the most obnoxious fans in the world i mean they were they were nice enough to us i mean i was young enough to the point where they were nice enough yeah i really didn't have any any uh any uh problems with cowboy fans you know i've i've had problems with other fan bases um but not not cowboys fans surprisingly so um Cool man, yeah. That's uh that that Thursday night game was insane. I didn't I didn't realize you read that game, so that's pretty cool. All right, next one we have is uh, how did you become a Chargers fan? How did tell our listeners how you boarded this uh, train? So when I first started kind of getting into sports a little bit, um, football was. I mean, we grew up in Nebraska. Football's huge here. Husker footballs. I mean, we bleed Husker red every Saturday, so uh, too bad that they've been pretty shitty over the last few years, but uh, once I kind of got into that, then I was like, well, I probably need a pro team, so about eight years old, I discovered the Chargers, I thought the lightning bolt looked sick as hell, I thought their cool, their colors were just so cool, and their uniforms, you just really, you can't beat those powder blues, and it's been a decision that really has definitely had its ups and downs, but uh, we're definitely looking up. We're definitely looking up in the future, so uh, yeah, I'm happy with it. It's been fun. I've got my whole family on board, and it's it's really given us a lot of opportunities to go out and experience new things. So it's been awesome. Yeah, it's it's great that you got your family on board, because <laughs> um, you know mo- most kids like pick a team, especially if if your if your parents don't already have like a team, if they're not you know from a specific city or you know whatever, they're just not huge sports fans. Um, you know, there's really like you, you kind of have like the pick of the litter. Like it's easy as a kid to like, and I have friends, you know, that all their their favorite teams are you know the the best teams on you know whatever 2002 video game. You know, yeah, like, yeah, you know, for sure. Madden 2002, like oh well, this team was the best on that game. So you know, I just went with that team. Um, you know, so it's cool to to see that you got your family on board and and uh, you know help grow the uh, powder blue community. Yeah, it's definitely nice that uh, I didn't pick a team like, I don't know, the the Patriots or just blindly pick somebody that was already a powerhouse of a team. It's it's 
really been fun to just kind of watch these guys grow. And I'm looking forward to a few years from now, hopefully, when people will tell me that I'm a bandwagon fan or something and I can pull up some some picture from me in my Vincent Jackson jersey on my fifth grade picture day or something along those lines. So You had a Vincent Jackson jersey? Oh, yeah. I had Vincent Jackson, Darren Sproles, Antonio Gates. I got like eight of them in my closet. So. Oh, those are, yeah, those are, uh, that's how you know you're a diehard. If you have, like, if you go as, as far as, like, buy those jerseys, like, you know for sure. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Are they the, uh, what, what colors are they? Uh, Vincent Jackson's white, Antonio Gates navy. Are they, like, pre Oh seven jerseys. They're like the the Reebok with the like the little holes in them, and they're well, like are they like the like the LT MVP season jersey? I do no, not quite. It's still the it's the ones that oh, okay. we just changed from back when they were Reebok. I would love to get my hands on one of those jerseys, even to this day. But uh, yeah, those were the first the first one I ever got was Philip Rivers, obviously, and I think I've owned like three of those. But just kind of went from there, chose players that I liked, and just got jerseys based off of them. So. Nice. Yeah, I uh I had a Drew Brees uh uh like 2000s era a home jersey at one point yeah, and th- uh, those are so sexy. I we need to get a throwback of those for sure. That was actually my first Charger jersey ever was a Drew Brees 2000s era home jersey so the navy blue um yeah. Dope jerseys. They they definitely need to bring those back with the helmet rule. Um I think starting in 2023, I believe. Yeah, if we can get some navy lids I mean, then there's not going to be a question that the powder blues or the all navies are going to be the best uniforms in all sports for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, um, oh yeah. So what is, uh, what made you a fan? Um, so, I mean, I have kind of a different experience. I was kind of born into it, I guess you would say. Um, my dad is actually from the San Diego area, San Diego and, um, you know, Tijuana, Ensenada area. So he was actually born in San Diego, raised south of the border, but grew up rooting for the Bolts. And uh, I, I mean, I have baby pictures and Chargers onesies and, you know, like, so it, it goes back. But like I said, I really didn't, you know, become a fan. I, I remember pretty much when it clicked, um, you know, I was like, oh, man, I'm screwed. <laughs> like, uh, I'm in for life. Um, we, were, we were actually watching – uh the we went out to balls yeah. sports bar great place by the way great food yeah um and we watched the 2004 afc wild card game between the jets and the chargers oh yeah 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 the uh, crazy game if you ever get i think it's on the highlights here on youtube yep if you ever get a chance to watch it um he didn't know about this game crazy game uh drew Brees kind of gets bailed out by the refs gets a pass interference call there's drama in the last couple seconds, goes to overtime, and, and in typical Chargers fashion, Nate Cading shanks a, a potential game-winning field goal, and uh, the next drive, the Jets came down and, and knocked us out of the playoffs, and I cried the entire way home. Yeah, wasn't that the whole infamous Nate Cading, like 0 for 4, 0 for 3 game? Like, he was one of the best kickers in the league, and I'm pretty sure he missed three or four field goals that game, something along those lines. No, so that was actually the 09 divisional game. Oh, okay. That was also against the Jets, though, wasn't it? Correct. I yes. believe so. Okay. Yeah, that's, that, was, that was my mix-up right there. That was Mark Sanchez. I'm talking like Chad Pennington days. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I cried on the way home, and I don't know why I even cried because like, up to that point, like I wasn't even really – I mean, I was just kind of like, oh, it's my dad's team, you know? Yeah. Um, 
but now nah, man i was in after that so <laughs> um i've i one of my favorite lines i've, I've always told people is um because I, I didn't really you know, i didn't date you know a whole lot of pe- people growing up so um you know I, I have the line of you know tom brady has has made me cry or you know the chargers have made me cry uh, more than any you know girl before oh yeah i i can remember back to some some meltdowns we've had the Peyton Manning Monday night football meltdown when we were up 24 at halftime or the uh, week one game against the Chiefs when they ended up winning in overtime after we were up 20 something at halftime I mean I had stuff in the trash after those games I was brutal it was brutal it's not an easy fan base to stick with it but here we are (laughs) here we are here we are drinking our sorrows away now we're just joking and then we're also Husker fans on the side so it doesn't help much yeah that that never helps Cool, man. Um, so those are our ice-breaking questions. Um, hopefully gives our listeners a, a chance to kind of get to know us as co-host a little bit better. Um, you know, we, we've already been interacting with a lot of you guys on Twitter. Um, you know, you, you can follow us at PatterHourPodLA on Twitter, um, you know, for all, all the updates, uh, news, and, you know, just if you want to have a discussion, uh, Twitter is amazing for that. So, um, you know, we're, we're pretty active on there, but... Uh, you guys will get a chance to know us, you know, as we, you know, continue, um, you know, our, our show and, uh, you know, we, we cover different topics and, and give some different opinions, but we just wanted to do a quick little icebreaker to kind of kick us off, um, for our first episode. Yeah, for sure. So what's our, uh, what's our next topic that we're going to discuss today? Yep. So getting into it, um, we're going to go do a little recap, uh, over the off season, um, so unless you've you've been living under a rock or you know you're face down in a ditch for the last month or so, um, you should know about all these moves I'm going to cover here in a sec. But if you have been face down in a ditch or living under a rock, yeah, you never know if if some of those. Uh... Oberon, we ales are hitting you. You could have been face down in a ditch for uh, the last few months, but yeah, uh, the the three twelve lemonade shandies go to your head. Then maybe this is your first time hearing this, but we'll get you caught up for sure. The Chargers made some moves. They have made some moves. It's been a huge off season, probably bigger than anything we've seen as fans. The best, the single best off season I have ever witnessed as a fan, and I will second that. So I mean, hands down, bar none close the book uh, i mean there's nothing that even compares to it nothing that i mean i mean we're, we're about to go over the list here but yeah insane man and we haven't even been to the draft yet so this is all just purely free agency which is just absolutely ridiculous as we record this episode we are what how many days away eight i believe it is wednesday draft is next thursday so yes eight days away eight days yeah insane man there's gonna be more stuff to come but to recap, um, Chargers extended Mike Williams. They added Khalil Mack via the trade. They and and these are in no order, by the way. So, you know, if no one on Twitter call me out if you know, I know these aren't in order. All right. Um, Dustin Hopkins signed an extension. J.C. Jackson signs a deal. Massive move to come to L.A. And the Chargers also continue to add the defensive line, signing Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day from the Rams. Chase Daniels gets an extension. All right, yeah. Uh, Storm Norton gets tendered. Yippee. 
Donald Parham gets tendered. Jalen Guyton gets tendered. Chargers are going a different way in special teams. They actually uh, got a new punter, J.K. Scott, um, from Green Bay, I believe. Yes, Green Bay punter. Uh, they also added a all-pro long snapper, which I didn't know. I honestly didn't know long snappers made it to the pro bowl. Was it all-pro or pro bowl? Something. I think I, they might be the same thing for long snappers for all I know. He's either a pro bowler or an all-pro. It could be both for all we know. So, but, um, Josh Harris signs, which uh, immediately you know kind of gives us you know good warm fuzzies about you know what the special teams could look like this year, especially for sure. um, with new special teams coach Ficken. Yeah, for sure, something that's hasn't been great for us in the past. So, um, Chargers also added a, another weapon in the tight end position in Gerald Everett, and uh, we also added DeAndre Carter from the football team who is going to take over as a specialist because we let Andre Roberts walk. So that'll be huge for us. I liked Andre Roberts personally, but from what I've seen from DeAndre Carter, he's basically just a younger version of him. Yeah, um, I I agree. I mean, Andre Roberts to me, uh, you know, yeah, he had some flashy moves and it was fun to see him take that one back. But uh, yeah, I'm totally okay with it. He's getting older. Um, You know, maybe someone else can can give him an opportunity and, and uh, you know, I wish him the best, but yeah, DeAndre Carter, really excited to, to see how that plays out. Um, I'm just loving the speed that he's going to bring. And I think that's going to be somebody that, um, I, we didn't use Andre Robert to many offensive packages. DeAndre Carter's definitely going to be one of those dudes that I think he's going to open up our playbook a little bit and we're going to be able to spread the field a little bit more when he's in there. So it looked like as if we can use him similarly to how the football team did, then I think that he's going to do some great things for us. Yeah, 100%. Chargers also extended Christian Covington, which we were just talking about this before uh, we hit record, and that is, I believe he's the only, uh, he was the only Chargers uh, unrestricted free agent to actually get uh, re-signed, to get a deal to, to come back. Everyone else pretty much, well, I mean, it's not over just yet, right? There's a few other guys that could potentially re-sign. Um, but so far, he's the only one to, to get a, an extension. Yeah, I mean, you see, we got Norton, Guyton, and who was the other one that was tendered? Parham. Parham. Yeah, they were all they were all tendered. So he was pretty much the only one that we really brought back. Again, wish we brought back Kaiser, but here we are. Yeah, uh, Kaiser was a tough one for me. Um, but you know, after reading more reports, that you know, it sounds like eventually Brandon Staley wants to get to a you know a five man front with just one linebacker on the field. Um, the rest being defensive backs. Um, when you start to consider that, then it, it, it you know, kind of makes sense why. <laughs> yeah, know, for sure. Kaiser was was, uh, was kind of you know, um, not brought back. But um, so out of all of these uh, transactions, moves that were made, uh, what pieces excite you the most? I mean, it's really hard to decide between Khalil Mack or J.C. Jackson. So I got to go with both of them. I mean. Um, I'll go with J.C. Jackson just because I think going into the year, um, corner, especially depth at corner, was something that was much more of a need than a good pass rusher. I mean, Uchenna could hold his own. By the way, missed that dude a little bit, but I uh, wasn't wasn't a huge fan of his Twitter comments that he made towards Chargers fans. Um, what did he say again? He said something about he was ready to play for a real fan base up in Seattle. 
Interesting. Yeah. So, but that's that's beyond the point. But uh, I got to go with J.C. Jackson, and especially when you look at when you look at the price that we got him for. I mean, who was it? Denzel Ward just signed a new deal a few days ago, which now J.C. Jackson is like the seventh highest paid cornerback in the NFL. I mean, that's that's ridiculously low for insane value. Which for what that dude does, I mean, he's led. He has the most picks out of anybody over the last two seasons. I mean, that dude is. That dude is going to be a baller in L.A. Yeah, insane value. Um, it sounded like, you know, maybe his, his agent, you know, gave away some of their leverage that they may have had because early reports in the, the offseason were, you know, he was asking for Jalen Ramsey, mo- Ramsey money. And, you know, I think that's why New England showed him the door. You know, had I th- – I think New England is probably kind of maybe – kicking themselves and yeah. you know a little bit of, you know they're like man we didn't realize that he was probably available for that but you know new england tends to you know just kind of let those guys walk when when they start to ask that kind of money and i think a big part of his signing is the derwin james effect i mean they played together in the pro bowl and i think it's definitely not a secret to see how big of a leader that dude really is on and off the field i mean he really will do anything to see this franchise win some games. So I I got to chalk that one up to Derwin James for the most part. I mean, he, he's he been in contact with him, and he was in contact with a bunch of other dudes this offseason too. Yeah, no, I mean, that you saw him recruiting at the Pro Bowl. I mean, he was he was doing doing the Lord's work, as we say. Um, yeah, I mean, that another reason why he's my favorite charger. Exactly. I mean, that dude just, he bleeds, he bleeds powder blue. Yeah, got to love it. Um, yeah, I would say the piece that would, that excites me the most, um, out of all the, the deals that were made, um, man, how can you not get excited about Khalil Mack? Yeah. No kidding. That dude is an absolute animal. I mean, ah, Joey Bosa just, I mean, he, he, poor guy was getting double, tripled pretty much the entire, you know, duration of the season. So I mean, just to get that guy some help, um, you know, because he hasn't had it really since, you know, Melvin Ingram left. So, to me, that's a huge piece of the puzzle. Huge piece of the puzzle. I would agree with you. Um, you know, with JC being the other big, big piece. I think those are the two standout pieces. Another, another piece that very underrated. I mean, he was a standout piece when we when we signed him, but I just think he's still underrated. Is, is Sebastian Joseph Day? Yeah, that dude's definitely um, another one of those guys, just like Khalil Mack, really familiar with uh, Brandon Staley's system. And um, he definitely is the type of guy that's going to come out there and he's going to help us with our run issues. You know, Chargers have always been towards the bottom of the league for as long as I can remember in run defense, especially over the last few years. And I think a dude like Sebastian Joseph Day will uh, really help us out with our uh, run, run problems, especially that we faced last year. Yeah, I mean, what he's going to do for the defensive line alongside Joey Bosa and Khalil, Khalil Mack, I think, you know, for a second I was like, man, do I do I go with Sebastian Joseph Day being the most ex, you know exciting piece? Because, yeah, you know, everyone's going to say Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson. Those are, those are the flashy pieces, right? Those are the, the ooh, ah pieces yeah, exactly. that we got. Um, Sebastian, Sebastian Joseph Day, not as – exciting but it is exciting in the sense of man this guy this guy played alongside Aaron Donald I mean this this guy's a, a dog right like now you put him alongside 
you know, a Joey Bosa and a Khalil Mack and another solid guy in Austin Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely he's definitely not a huge name now, but I mean it's hard to be a huge name when you got one of the greatest defensive players of all time playing right next to you in Aaron Donald. So I mean I think especially um with how Brand Staley is gonna use him as he came over from the Rams, um, I think that he's really gonna flourish and he's gonna really plug up some holes that really needed some help from last year. Yeah, and you gotta love yeah, the Brandon Staley connection. I feel like that's been the theme this off season so far. Um, if you're an available defensive player and you have ties to Brandon Staley, you more than likely will probably be a charger. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you see Khalil Mack, Sebastian Joseph Day. What was our uh, Troy Reader backer oh, yeah, that we got over from the Rams? Yeah, I guess we forgot to mention him, but another should be another good piece there for our linebacking core. Yeah, old Troy Reader. Uh, the uh, he's been what teammates with like Nasir Adderley and like two yeah. other guys. That's yeah, him. maybe not the sexiest pickup, but definitely is gonna be put into a position to succeed here in LA. Hey, he's a depth piece. We've been screaming depth for for ever, and uh, we can't be mad that we are getting deeper in certain uh, positions. So, yeah. Um, what what which uh, I guess you know. We talked about the most exciting piece. What do you think is the most impactful piece? I mean, I want to go outside of J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack because we've talked about them so much. I'm going to go with Mike Williams, bringing back Mike Williams. I just think um, especially you got to keep your young quarterback happy, and uh, Mike Williams being one of his favorite targets, him and Keenan Allen, obviously. Um, we saw the kind of numbers that Mike Williams put up last year in a system in which Brandon Staley knew how to use him. You know, Joe Lombardi put him in place to succeed. I just think that that dude's going to be a baller for a while. And new contract, some people were complaining that he got overpaid. But, I mean, you see some of the other receiver deals that have gone down this this offseason. That Christian Kirk deal for the Jaguars was absolutely insane. And, I mean, now Debo's Debo's requesting a trade because he's not getting the deal he wants. I think we got him in a perfect time. And I'm really excited to see what he does over these next few years with a dude like Justin Herbert throwing him the ball. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I mean, part of me was torn, uh, you know, the whole Mike dilemma. And, you know, I'm glad to see him come back. I really am. Um, you know, I hope he puts up – I mean, here's the thing with Mike Williams. I think at this point we all we all know who Mike Williams is. We, we all know the kind of production we can expect at this point. Um, he's going to have games where he's unguardable. He's going to have games where, you know – Everyone in the fantasy world is going to be, you know, wiping their chins, you know, just watching him. And then he's also going to have games where, you know, he'll have two catches for 12 yards. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely consistency has been a big thing with Mike over the few years. But when that dude flashes, I mean, he's he's a baller. Yeah, and, you know, I think he's, he's, he's a fan favorite, you know, whether people like it or not. You know, people on Twitter sometimes may disagree, but... You know, I think you see, you know, in the all-in video, you know, the last game in Vegas, you know, that just he left everything out on the field. So, I mean, he's a guy that's going to go to battle for you. Um, you know, I, I at this point, I don't even know what to hope for from him because, I, like I said, I think we know kind of who he is. I guess, you know, maybe hope for an extra couple touchdowns. But I think he, I mean, what did he have, like 12 this last year? Yeah, something along those lines. But it was, it was more of a kind of a he would have – two or three of them a game, and then we go quiet for a few games. So, Yeah, so I, I, I like that pick um, just for the sole fact that, yeah, you know, it's it's continuity for, for Herbert and, and the offense. Um, 
most impactful uh, piece for me, and this is going to be kind of out there, but I mean, it makes sense. Dustin Hopkins. I like that pick. Getting extended. I like um, that pick. Continuity in the special teams, you know, on, on that side. Um, so obviously Chargers, you know, switched up the punter this year. Um, but I mean, he was, he was, he was rocks for us. Yeah. He was, he was solid. He, I mean, I don't know what his percentage was. I'd have to go look up his stats, but, um, you know, he had, he had a game winner. He, he had one game winner. Yeah. What, what game was that? It was against Philly. Yep. Philly. He drilled that game winner. But I mean, even, uh, you know, he, he did such a good job. We didn't talk about him and that's, that's beautiful. You know, <laughs> like I think he, he nailed a kick down the stretch to, to get us to, you know, overtime in the, in the Vegas game. So, uh, I think just extending him alone um, is probably going to win the Chargers one to two games this year that you know that they might pull out of their ass. Yeah, and that's definitely kicking. You know, over the last few years has been far from consistent for the Chargers. I wish that we had the stats on us to see how many kickers we've had kick for us the last four years. You have dudes like um, Young Hoku and uh, Michael Badgley, the so-called money badger. My old girl whack. But my young, my young Hoku. Yep, exactly, exactly. I'll never forget the first game when he lost us the game, week one against the Broncos. But uh, definitely, um, consistency is something that we've always lacked in the kicking game. So it'll be nice to get some of that. Well, here's another reason why that to me is so important is because if you you don't sign, let's say you don't sign him, now here we are again at square one, you know, looking for. A kicker <laughs> and now we're on the kicking carousel again and there's just all these question marks uncertainties that you know then you're going to bring those into camp um yeah position battle. i mean i'm just so over the position battle at kicker in late august <laughs> like i don't give a shit like just figure it out and tell us who the kicker's going to be and I, and I swear every year it seems like we pick the wrong guy because then you see the guy that lost a job go to another team and succeed right off the bat so yeah 100 percent. so to me, Dustin Hopkins, that just like is one less thing to worry about, and I think it was a sigh of relief for a lot of Chargers fans when uh, when that news was announced. So nice. Moving on to the next topic here. Um, before we get out of here, um, wish list once. Actually, let's do this. I'll phrase it this way for you. What did the Chargers need to do from now until August or until the end of camp? to be legit Super Bowl contenders? I got a great answer for you, and it's not just the Chargers. This is for every team. They need to stay healthy. Health has been a huge thing for us over the past few years. We saw our first year with Brandon Staley. We were towards the bottom of the league, and and uh, people who were injured, people on IR, um, we really didn't lose a lot, of key, ugh, a lot of key pieces last year for too long, and that was kind of a breath of fresh air for us Chargers fans. I mean, we've seen so many dudes just – even in just OTAs and stuff, just go down with these brutal injuries, and we miss key pieces because of that. So I think as long as they can just stay healthy, I mean, obviously we need to bring in a few more depth pieces, but staying healthy is definitely key. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just you always kind of, at least I, I always hold my breath um, every offseason during OTAs, during, um, you know, voluntary involuntary stuff workouts um and then especially training camp you know it's, it's always the non-contact 
um, injuries that, you know, are the worst. And it's always the days that, you know, there's no pads and exactly. nothing going on where someone goes down and next thing you know, they're, they're done for the year. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would, I'd agree. I think they definitely have to stay healthy. Um, you know, I think they've done a pretty good job of that. I mean, they did an excellent job of it actually this last year. I remember the stat going into, um, I think it was the final game of the year where they only had like one guy yeah. that was like not able to go. From what I can remember, really the only dude that's missed significant time last year was Balaga. Is there anyone else? Some... Uh, Oday. Oday. Oday missed a few games, but other than that, I mean. Oday only played like. I want to say like four or five games. Did he only play that many? I think he got hurt in like week five. I remember he got hurt, but I couldn't remember if he came. But anyway, Oday and Bulaga, which obviously that took a hit to the O-line. Oday's something we're going to talk about here in, here in the future as well. But uh, other than that, I mean, that's definitely better than like dudes like that we've seen go down in the past, like Derwin mm-hmm. or really any of those really standout players that we've seen go down in the past. So my answer to this question is going to be a little bit lengthier, but... Um, I think the Chargers need to be – they need to stay aggressive. And, and I say stay aggressive in the fact that the window is now open. It's now officially open. Um, whether or not you, you thought it was open this last year, it, it really wasn't just considering the depth on that team was, was not great. Um, but they need to stay aggressive. Um, I I mean, if it means leveraging a future draft pick or two away um, during the draft and and uh, getting an, a, a second round pick back, getting a, an extra first, um, you know, adding depth to this team is going to be crucial. I mean, depth and injuries for me are, are are in the same boat, you know, because you don't have depth. You know, all it takes is one injury. Yeah. You know, uh, Derwin James goes down. The whole defense is already you know in <laughs> in hot water so um you know they need they need to get depth and i think they need to do that by staying aggressive so we don't know how the draft's going to unfold um our draft episode is coming up next um so make sure you guys catch that but uh yeah i think i mean to put it very simply i mean there's a lot of things that can go into being you know or to staying aggressive but um I think there's they need to have like one or two more wow moves that no one saw coming um, that just really you know puts us over the top um, and so you know that we we can really be legit Super Bowl contenders come September. Yeah, and just one last thing to touch on that. Um, just a quick question for you: How do you think, or would you keep everything the same that Brandon Staley has done since she's become head coach? I mean, he's been definitely definitely the um, definition of aggressive for us. Um, is there anything that you'd change about whether it be his offseason moves, how he's attacked this offseason, or maybe even his coaching styles going forward? No. Uh, I, I, I mean, no. I, I, as far as offseason, I think he's been terrific. Like I said, this is this has been the single greatest offseason I've ever witnessed, um, and probably that any fan has ever witnessed. I mean, just like two or three pieces alone that we've been talking about you know, are enough to make any fan base just salivate. So, um, no, there's not much I would change or, or, or anything really that I can think of. Um, you know, I I just hope he stays aggressive. I think he will be. I think he's already changed the culture of the organization. And I think that's, you know, I think we're seeing it now in, in, in Tom Telesco. Um, 
you know, if you follow us on Twitter, you uh, you saw us tweet out the uh, the meme of uh, it's like what young, it's a young thug, thug. and uh, <laughs> little Dirk, and it's the uh, uh, Staley taking over the reins of like what they're doing in the yes. off season, basically. Yes, hundred percent. So. I mean, we, we're already seeing it rub off on, on Tom Telesco, so I, I think they do continue to stay aggressive. Um, according to Sean Merriman, they, they still got one move that's going to knock our socks off. We're waiting on it still. Yeah, it sounds like he's got some inside information on something that who knows if we're ever going to even expect it. I mean, I wasn't even expecting the Cleo Mac trade. I remember opening my phone and seeing that and just going berserk. So, Yeah, yeah. Well, um, whether it be another corner um who knows you know trade no one saw the max trade coming there's guys that aren't even on the market right now that that could be available um you know because Khalil Mack wasn't Khalil Mack wasn't on the market I say let's go get Debo no but no no not actually (laughs) not actually that as sexy as that would be no we don't need that so alrighty um well you got anything else you uh you want to talk about before we get out of here I'm just I'm really looking forward to just uh chatting with you guys and just Looking forward to uh, talking Chargers football. Sounds good, man. Well, let's get out of here. Peace, guys. Hey, guys. This is Colin from Chargers Powder Hour. Just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the show. And don't forget to tune in every Monday and Friday where Ever you listen to your podcast to catch all of the latest team news, storylines, analysis of the games, and guest interviews combined with friendly beer and banter. Bolt up.